Spoilers. 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 season with us. It's my boy. New cards. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Spoiler Season, <laughs> War of the Spark, Episode 3. <clears throat> I don't know what that was. Those are uh, war spark sounds. Oh. Yeah. You've never been to war. Uh, so Spark sounds, <clears throat> it's different from Have you ever lit a spark? War. Yeah. Literally like a firecracker or something? That's not what they sound like. Yeah. Yeah? You haven't been to Ravnica during oh, the war. Oh, physics is different in Ravnica. Could be. Okay. Anyways, proceed. So before we start, thanks to our sponsors, uh, New England Comics. You can find it online on Facebook at NEC Coolidge. And... Flipside Gaming. You can find it online at flipsidegaming.com. That's right. You, I knew you. Yeah, you really nailed that address, that .com part of that. That was a good job. Good job. So today we're going to go through a couple spoilers that leaked, uh, not leaked, that came out late last <laughs> night. They leaked during the normal spoiler season as spoilers that were given to people to spoil. Precisely. Precisely. The definition of leak. In addition, of course, to those that came out today. So we're going to start off with some art depicting my boy, Double Flip. This is totally lost. We've got a reprint. Fibbleflip has found his way onto the top of Nicol Bolas statue. Um, so this is Blue 4 Instant. Puts our Gnomlin Permanent on top of its owner's library. At least this was better than that week at the jury review. That's the uh, s- the stadium in the Racto Stadium. Oh, Presumably no. that he was in captive oh, audience. Oh, captive audience. Yeah. Oh. It's really good. They continue, starting I think with the last set, they just continue to really nail uh, some good flavor. Some good flavor for fiddle flip. Well, just for like they're oh, going for general, the comedic sure. route, right? Yeah, yeah, which is which is fun to lean into the comedy a little bit more. Totally, totally. Yeah, so I love fiddle flip and this card, and uh, yeah, and Sorry, totally you lost. love this card. You just love fiddle flip and the art on the card and the art. Oh yeah, the art is nails it. Hmm. Um, but I do like this card. Um, it's really good and limited. Uh, instant speed is great. And it's the ability to both remove a creature and, like, ruin your opponent's draw. Okay, you say remove a creature, but you mean, like, tempo. Because oh, it's coming not a permanent, back. Sorry, it can be a Planeswalker, too. Yeah, but it's coming back. No, no, but, like, it's a different, like, it's actually, this is one for one, right? Not, like, so bounce to the hand is not, one, like, one for one. That's a tempo. This can still definitely be used as tempo, but, like, it actually is not, like, card disadvantage. Right. Right, like because it's, it's as just if that, they like, just randomly drew. Yeah, they just happen to draw another copy of it hmm. every time. <laughs> yeah, but like it's it's still really useful because like it does remove stuff. It bounce tokens. Right? You can bounce ma- uh, army tokens um, and get rid of them permanently. Um, you can put stuff on top of the library, your opponent's library, um, which which makes ensures like if they have one or two outs, like they're not going to draw that out. You can reset your own planeswalkers, which is really good. So you can use it on yourself, of course. Um, it just, it's a really flexible card that's good in a lot of situations, and the instant speed is great, and the five mana for it is completely reasonable. Alright. This is why I don't play blue and limited. Why? Because. You don't like getting lost? No. You like getting found. Wow. Yeah, but that's not a card, so. <laughs> um, uh, do you want to take our next card? Sure, sure thing, brah. I'm we not have... brah. Brah, I'm, your, I'm your hub. Hub, hub. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have Storev Dev Karin Lich. Is, is, 
Is any of this stuff we've heard of? Uh, Devkarin is a Golgari thing. Um, oh. I forget. I feel like it might be a family. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So Storov is a. Uh, it costs. It might be. It might. No, Devkarin is a. It might be the elves, the Golgari elves. Oh. I think. Well, it isn't elves. Yeah, the Divkarin, I think, are the, like, Golgari, like, dark elves. Oh, okay, okay. So, green, black, black, one for a 5-4 zombie elf wizard. Mm. I just, I, like, this isn't even Simic, and it has, like, three creature types. Yeah, I know. Just, I, know. I love it. Um, so, four, for, four total for a 5-4 trample. Whenever Storov deals combat damage to a player or planeswalker, return to your hand target creature or planeswalker card in your graveyard that wasn't put there this combat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your thoughts my thoughts what about your thoughts what about them <laughs> uh cards pretty bad for standard right like it doesn't do anything um and if you're connecting with a 5-4 trampler like you're probably already winning um but the raid is really good oh, four yeah. mana five four is pretty sweet um and in limited obviously the card is is strong um the rate itself, I mean, 4 mana, 5, 4 trample is awesome. Um, the ability is pretty decent. Uh, I feel like this will definitely lead to some judge calls about people who forgot or were unclear about when they killed their opponent's creature. Because mm. it's like, oh no, I killed it at the beginning of combat. It's like, no, you killed it before I went to combat. And oh, so watch out for that mm. um, on both sides. Be, make sure you're very clear with communication when you play this card. And then the other thing too is like, we have yet to see what color fixing we're going to get in this set because the other sets had the guild gates oh yeah um, and like the guild gates yeah but this is double black and green and like i don't know maybe they'll reprint all 10 guild gates and it'll be fine but if they don't then you know that's another consideration as well yeah i don't know why i've been sort of assuming that they would reprint all the Mm. guild gates but in one set that would be a lot of guild gates yeah i mean they definitely can do it um but even then like uh, it depends how, I guess, how what they do with them, right? Like, how they distribute them. Because the mm-hmm. other ones were guaranteed, like, one guild gate per pack. Sure. Um, if here they don't do that and they just make them, like, commons, then the rate at which they appear, any one guild gate appears, right? I don't know. That yeah. can compare, compare to what it was. Interesting. But, but it's, like, weird because we have some multicolored planeswalkers. Oh, mostly they're hybrid if they're hard to cast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we'll see what kind of fixes yeah. we have. I don't know. Alright. Next we have uh wait, didn't we do this yesterday? No. Oh no, this is a different card yesterday. Uh Lazatep Plating, which is blue one, instant, a mass one, you and permanence you control gain hexproof until end of turn. What do you think about this one, Katie? Um it's kind of like a blue counterspell that only protects your permanence. Which is not really what blue counterspells are normally for. Yeah. So it's really not much like a blue counterspell. No, it's like if someone goes to Vraska's Contempt or Teferi, then it's a counterspell. And you get a 1-1. Yeah, which is totally what, you know, that's going to turn the tide for you as a control deck. Once you get that 1-1, like, you (laughs) put the game away. Compare it to Heroic Intervention, right, which was... Permanence right. you control, gain hexproof and indestructible till end of turn, which is arguably better. Um, and heroic intervention didn't really see any play. Um, well, it's also yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say it's also like in a different color. Yeah, that was my which, next point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so so continue, continue. 
Well, just like, so the indestructible makes a lot more sense for green, mm -hmm. right? Because presumably you have a lot of like creatures that you want to protect. Yeah, this is just bizarre in blue. No, no, okay. So that's not where I was going to go with um, the color oh. stuff. I was going to say that, uh, like, yeah, it fits for green, sure. But I'm saying the power level of uh, heroic intervention is higher than this, and heroic intervention didn't see any play. Hence, you wouldn't expect this to see play. But it's a different format, and right now we have mono blue in the format. That's what um, I was and then say like next. the question becomes, well, is this going to be like better than some number of wizards retort? Uh, since you already have four dive down, do you want to play this over like retort or over essence capture or something? I, I kind of think you probably don't. Um, I, I think like you're you're pretty happy with your counter spell suite and like wizards retort is nice because it counters everything. This is only going to counter exactly removal spell and it's twice as much mana as dive down. So uh, and you know. Yeah, Retort could be three, but it's often just two. Um, so I'm not—I don't love this this card for the mono blue decks uh, when you have access to dive down. Yeah, I think that makes sense. In mm. um, limited, it seems fine. Uh, we're gonna kind of have to see how much um, spot removal and stuff there is because we talked about that being a factor in uh, how good a mass is gonna be as a mechanic, and I think that will also factor into how good lots of top plating is as well. And, and kind of seeing how a mass plays, because, like, maybe this Amass 1 is pretty good. I don't know. Depends how it's going to play out. I guess we'll see. Um, so our next card is good flavor text. Good flavor text. It's only flavor text. <laughs> well, it has some stats, certainly. All right. This is the Lazatep Behemoth. Black 4 for a 5-4 zombie hippo. <laughs> and that's it. It's just vanilla. Yeah. But the flavor text. I know I should be more concerned, but a big blue zombie potamus from beyond the stars? This is what they're invading us with? Love it. Love it. And Maleva, Boros Legionnaire. Yeah. Great flavor text. Second favorite flavor text in the set so far. We'll get to my favorite later on. Fibblefluff isn't second favorite? He doesn't I'm have totally lost? Oh, well, no, that's funny, but it's, yeah, this is, this edges that out. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Five mana, five four. Yeah, I mean, it's good good on the curve and limited. Yeah, it's fine. You'll play it sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> I, I think you're not sad to play it, but you're not looking for slots. Yeah. Next, we have Lazatep Reaver. Black one for a 1-2 zombie beast. When the Reaver enters the battlefield, mass one. All right, so it's two for a total of two power and three toughness. Spread among mm -hmm. two creatures. Yeah, this is. I think this is like a pretty reasonable card. It seems definitely better in when you're trying to be defensive as opposed to aggressive. Um, but I, I like the card. I think it feels like a pretty decent two drop for black at common. Um, yeah, I think so too. It's funny because when you play it on turn two, it's most likely that you don't already have any army. Right. So it's probably two bodies at that point. Later in the game, it's kind of just this card by itself is dead, but it's a counter on your army. Right, which is which is one of the things that I like and I look for in limited cards, right, is their ability to be reasonable both early and late. And early, like you said, the card is really good, I think, on turn two because you are getting, as you said, the multiple power and toughness among two bodies. Um, in late game, like, you're never thrilled to draw your two drop in the late game, but hey, at least this is going to give a counter to your, your army, and maybe that will make a difference. So I do, I do like this card. 
Next, we have Invading Manticore. This is red 5 for a 4-5 zombie manticore. When Invading Manticore enters the battlefield, amass 2. What do you think of this one? See, this I like less because Same. 6 mana for a 4-5 is farther below curve, mm -hmm. and I don't think amass 2 makes up for that. Yeah. Like, it's, I, I don't, again, if I had to play this unlimited, I would. I'm, I'm sadder about this. Yeah, 6 mana is... It's a lot. It's a lot for four or five. And like, yeah, you're getting the, the army tokens. And that's just, Token. that's the, well, I, the like counters I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, just seems like the hardest thing to evaluate is like, it's so hard to see how armies are going to play out without seeing the full set. And even then, yeah. I feel like we're going to need to play some games before we can really grasp it. Yeah. It's just hard to imagine that like two more counters on whatever army you have is going to be... I don't know. It, I, think I mean, that can, it can make be, a pretty big difference. Yeah. Like, imagine going from a four four to a six six, or a five five to a seven seven. Like, yeah. that's a pretty big shift for a, a a card in the late game. It turns yeah. your creature from being like a dead creature that's stuck in a board clog to something that's like, okay, here we can eat two of my opponent's creatures at least. Right. So then maybe this gets better if you're like amassing a lot, because maybe those two counters make a bigger difference. Oh, I definitely think so. I think like. If this is your only amass card in it's your deck, terrible. I think this is Don't much worse. Yeah, <laughs> much worse than if this were not. But you know, it's funny because it's what's it's not that far off from a Watchful Giant, which uh, in this past oh, the set. three six that yeah. makes a one one. Yeah, it was the That's same cost, six terrible. mana. I hate that card. <laughs> I would almost never play it unless I absolutely had to. Okay, it's good with high alert. Okay, yeah, that's right. a very it was, it was special... A, it was okay with Hylor. It wasn't even great with Yeah, Hylor. it was still very expensive. Yeah, I just think it's like, this is wow. kind of close. Right, so, so then it's bad. <laughs> wow. I, you didn't even let me finish my comparison. Uh, I just compare it to a card that you don't like, and you're like, that's stupid. Uh, I apologize. All right, please proceed. That was rude of no, me. No, no. I'm not going to deign to give you my insight into uh, Invading Manticore. I already opened up um, Krenko to get going, Katie, because... Krenko. Yep. Krenko. Crank it. Boss of Tin Street. Crank it. What I was going to say about the last one, by the way, is yeah. that a 2-2 two -two is a lot different than a 1-1. One -one. Just just saying. Just saying. Okay. And a 4-5 attacks a lot better than a 3-6. Just saying. Just saying. Wow. Okay. Wow. Cool. Points uh, Points acknowledged. Cool. Thanks, Katie. Thanks. <laughs> so we have Krenko, Boss of Tin Street. This is red 2 for a 1-2 legendary goblin. Whenever Cranko Boss of Tin Street attacks, put a plus and plus one counter on Cranko Boss of Tin Street, then create X 1 1 red goblin creature tokens where X is equal to Cranko's power. Thoughts? Comments? Concerns? Alright, so you better be attacking. Because mm -hmm. 3 mana for a 1 2 is terrible, but 3 okay. mana for a 2 3 and 2 1 1s? Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. And I think this starts getting a lot more fun when you go. All right, now let's like play it with um, like Aurelia, right? Oh or play gosh. it with Judith, or play it with like anything that pumps, right? I think this is a card you're really happy to have in like the Judith deck. Uh, you think this can be standard playable? Oh yeah, I do. Oh, I didn't in think right about deck. mentoring it. Yeah, that's a really any way that idea. you can kind of naturally yeah, like, like raise its it. power without putting too much effort in. Yeah, you just um, go wide. Yeah, easily. But but like the issue is like it does. Yeah, I, I think the card is pretty good. Um, a 2-3 is reasonable. If it had haste, it'd be yeah. a lot better. Um, but the goblins also do not come into play attacking. attacking. I know, I really like that, so you yeah. don't just have to like throw them away. Which is sweet. So in limited, card is great. Um, in standard, I think the card has a chance. 
I'm not like convinced, but uh, depending on how like the Judith deck shapes up now that we have like another um, Zulport cutthroat effect, right. um, then it might it might make it there. Very nifty. Yeah, but I do like it. I do like it. Very cool. All right, what do we what do we have next on our list? We have the God Pharaoh's statue. Ah, the one that Fibblethorpe was lost lost on. How did you get up there? <laughs> what a silly. Homunculus. This is a six mana legendary artifact. Spells your opponent cast cost two more to cast. At the beginning of your end step, each opponent loses one life. It's an uncommon too. Pretty oh. cool. Legendary artifact, legendary common. Oh, all spells, not just yeah non creature spells. But like, eh, annoying thing is like you'd really like to get this out early. Yeah. To actually inhibit them, because on turn six. They, they have argue. mana. They can right. play most of their stuff. They're only casting one spell a turn anyways, usually. Um, so this feels like more kind of like a win condition for a deck that is like a control deck, right? Like, I would play this in the Dovin Security deck because I just sit there and they lose. Right. But and you just make it a little bit harder for them to kill Sure. You. But I don't really love this card very much. No. Six I, is just too much. Six is a lot. Six is a ton. Yeah. If you have a way to cheat this in or reduce its cost or something, then I'm, I'm more interested. But yeah. by itself, okay. nah, not my even jam. Like, let's say you got it in on turn five, and they have, and you were on the play, and they have like an impactful five or six mm -hmm. drop, and they have to wait at least two turns to get that out. Yeah, that that matters. Yeah, I would play. I'd be happy to play it on like turn four. And I, I think past that, it stops being so much of a hindrance. I do like that it's two more to cast as opposed to just one more. Um, yeah. But it's also possible, like, maybe maybe I'm just underestimating this card by a lot. Maybe, like, uh, I mean, I underestimated Ill-Gotten Inheritance, right, which just pings huh. every turn. That uh, that's a little different because it makes it really hard for your opponent to race you. Right. This, well, though, cause also because it explodes and that. Yeah, sure. But this also makes it hard for your opponent to race you because it doesn't let them cast their stuff. And you're right. If they have like a six drop, they're going up the curve. They can't cast it for a while. Right. Um, so maybe maybe the card is, is better than I think, but I'm not super high on it. Yeah, I don't think so. <coughs> you don't usually run that many six drops or five drops. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, if they have three of them, they'll wait an extra turn or two to get those out. Yeah. Uh, it is probably better, too, against decks that, like, want to play at instant speed because it makes it a lot harder for them to play a deploy a threat and then hold up uh, some kind of answer, whether it's counter magic removal or something. Yeah. Well, like you said, they're going to have to single spell with this yeah. out. Yeah. All right. Well, next we have the set of Soren and Nahiri cards, mm. which I love. Soren's Thirst we have next. This is my favorite flavor text of the format. Uh, it is black, black, instant, deal two damage to target creature, and you gain two life. The flavor text is, I see you're out of the wall, Nahiri. <laughs> I love that so much. That's so good. They, I love that Wizards has like been aware that for the last, I don't know, two or three years, everyone's just been like, and Soren, where is he? Like, oh yeah, he's stuck in a wall. He's stuck in a wall. And then he appears on Ravnica. It's like, oh, got out of his wall. Nice, nice. But um, yeah, it's it's great flavor. Soren and Nahiri are just like continuing to fight while the world burns because they just hate each other so much. Uh, the card itself, pretty good. Um, this is super reasonable to bring in. Um, you know, if you're like a control deck, this is similar to Moment of Craving, Very right? Similar. Which sees a slight mainboard play, a little bit of sideboard play. Um, 
Worst moment of craving currently because it deals damage, uh, which means that it doesn't kill a Danto Vanguard, um, and mm. also because it's double black, which is harder than black one. But moment of craving will be rotating the fall, and when it does, I expect a card like Sword and Thirst will be the uh, sideboard card of choice against aggressive decks for for black control decks to bring in. Just a solid role player that we've we've kind of seen before. Makes sense. Yeah, as long as it's black and not black XX, because. Getting the double black early is going to be really hard if you're like a three-color control deck. Mm. Mm. Next, we have Sorin himself. This is Sorin, Vengeful Bloodlord. Black-white, two. Uh, legendary Planeswalker Sorin. Comes yeah. in with four loyalty. Static is, as long as it's your turn, creatures and Planeswalkers you control have lifelink. Mm-hmm. Plus two, Sorin deals one damage to target player or Planeswalker. Minus X, return target creature card with converted mana cost X from your graveyard to the battlefield. That creature is a vampire in addition to its other types. I think in limited, I think Soren is like one of the best planeswalkers we've seen. Um, it's going to be so hard to win a game against an opponent with an active Soren. Uh, like a, this is going up by two every turn. It's so. Hard. So it's starting off at six on turn four. Everything has lifelink. And notice that, like, all this hits players and planeswalkers, right? So every turn, Sorin pings your opponent and you gain a life. So it's an ill-gotten inheritance. Or notice that the, all the planeswalkers, the uncommon ones, all tick down, tick down, and end up at one. So Sorin now is able to just snipe off all the planeswalkers that your opponents have. I think Sorin is, is really strong in, in the limited format. I think he's fantastic. Um, and not to mention that he goes up to high really fast and whenever you feel like you're like all right well he's at 10 right now so i guess i'll tick down and bring back my five drop right or you have the synergy with the discard cards where you can like discard something and this puts it onto the battlefield so you go like oh i play i don't know i mean they're green and red are the discard outlets you've seen so far but you define a way to put something in your graveyard play soren you know minus five and now you have a five drop and like i i'm i think soren is really good i'm pretty high on on soren right now yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, he is one of the rare Planeswalkers, so we would expect him to be at a high power level. But we have seen other rare Planeswalkers, and they aren't the same sort Yeah, Soren of... is my favorite. I, yeah. I just think that, like, there's... He just has so much going on. And it's going to be really hard to beat Soren if he sticks around at all. Yeah. Do you think he'll have any home in Standard? Um, I'm a little skeptical because he just, he doesn't do anything. <laughs> it's really funny to go from know, where I'm like, he has everything going on going and too. then standard he is like, do yeah, I mean, he's not, he can't be a reanimation spell because you don't want to reanimate a four drop. So you can't just play him as a four mana reanimation right. spell. Given creatures you control lifelink. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then the pinging is just really weak. Like yeah. it just, uh, it's not worth it. Um, so I think in standard, he's pretty bad, but in limited, that might be one of the, one of the biggest differences between, uh, limited and standard is like this card. Yeah. I just, I, cause I think the card is, is really strong and limited. I like, I really, really strong. Like one of the best cards and we've seen so far for limited. So sort of along the lines of like ethereal absolution busted and limited, Gosh. but like not quite standard. Well, here's the thing. I think like. Ethereal Absolution is busted and limited, and in standard... It has the power level, but it's too expensive? 
Kind of. It is expensive, but it, it's more that there's so much main deckable enchantment destruction. Like, mm. while Vivian Reed is in the format, I don't think Absolution can see play. Yeah. Uh, but... But, like, in theory, if I played an Absolution... I mean, Esper players, some Esper players were playing Absolution on the board against Mono White. Because if you played against Mono White, they lose the game on the spot. <laughs> so, like, I the think that so power level is high enough to be standard playable. Um, but there's some things that are stopping it from, from working. Whereas Soren, I have a really hard time imagining what any format. Well, we need format. to go right for it yeah. to make it. I think, like, you'd really have to have a lot of the uncommon Planeswalkers before Soren becomes good. Because then I'm like, all right, well this is just going to be value where you can snipe off these opposing planeswalkers. Um, but he doesn't hit creatures. Uh, so, like, because if he hit creatures, I'd, I'd play him against Mono White, and we just ping and kill a creature every turn and gain life. Right. That's awesome. But he doesn't, so. Sorry, Soren. Next we have Nahiri's Stone Blades. Red one, instant. Up to two target creatures get plus two plus oh until end of turn. Nice. Flavor text, the ancient planeswalkers Soren and Nahiri battled across Ravnica, their blues cutting as deep as their grudge. They don't like each other. No way, I hadn't yeah. gathered that. Yeah. What do you think of the card? I mean, it seems like a fine pump spell. Up to two creatures get plus two plus so. Yeah, I mean, I always prefer red pump spells when they come with, like, first strike or trample. green ones when they come with trample, yeah. So, but this hits two creatures. Though. Yeah, I mean the fact that it hits two, I don't think we've seen that for red one in a while. Yeah, we have. Um, I forget what the last card was that did it was, but uh, it might have been like Theros. But yeah, we we have seen it before, but it is really uncommon. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I still. I don't know. It yeah, seems is okay. a spell that swapped two creatures' power and toughness. Yeah, swap. Yeah, that's something. Target Invert, two creatures. Yeah. Okay. But I, I like this card. I think it's like a reasonable trick um, if you're an aggressive deck. This is two mana for four additional damage, assuming that you're attacking through unblocked. Um, and that is a rate that I'm pretty interested in. Uh, so I, I'm happy with this card, I think, if you're pretty aggressive. Otherwise, it is, like you said, it's it's missing something. Yeah. A little, little bit extra. Next, we have Nahiri, Storm of Stone. Hybrid red-white, hybrid red-white 2 for a legendary planeswalker, Nahiri. Nahiri starts with 6 loyalty. Static ability, as long as it's your turn, creatures you control have first strike, and equip abilities you activate cost 1 less to activate. Minus X, Nahiri of Storm of Stone deals X damage to target tapped creature. What do you think? It's pretty cool having a minus X on one of these planeswalkers that only ticks down. Yeah. It's like, I think that's going to make the choice really interesting with her. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, am I going to take her all out in one big swing, try to kill a five drop up front, yeah. or like, am I going to kill a couple less impactful creatures, but like kill more over the course of a couple turns? Yeah. Um, Nahiri does have a weird tension because her static ability really wants you to be attacking because it only get Rance first strike when you're on turn. your turn. Yeah. But then her defensive ability only kills tapped creatures. Um, so... Oh, I totally forgot about the tapped clause. That yeah. seems like a problem. I, I mean, it fits with her that. other card, right? Which is minus three exile, exile a tapped, a tapped creature. Uh, creature artifact. Right. Um, but so it's a little weird because I don't, I don't, I don't know. I guess like on the bright side, it's good in either case. What will probably happen is you'll probably get to play Nahiri, kill something right away, and then just attack uh, for the like the remainder of, of the game until they are able to deal with Nahiri. 
Um, but if you can, you know, if you can kind of protect your, it does make it really awkward for your opponent to attack because then, you know, most creatures in limited are going to have only a couple toughness. You get to go like minus two, minus three, and then she sticks around and that's pretty good. Or if you have one toughness, go like minus one, minus one, minus one, minus two, and you're good. So I don't know. Um, she's like a weird planeswalker. I'm, but I'm probably happy to, to have her. Um, because I think the turn she comes down is the turn that she'll she'll kill something, and that's fine. Yeah. To be have a removal spell that grants my creatures first strike for the rest of the game is something I'm pretty happy with. Yeah. And the equip clause. Finally, we broke uh, Skull Clamp. We finally did it, everyone. <laughs> well done. Well done. Next, we have single combat. It's white, white, three, sorcery. Each player chooses a creature or planeswalker they control, then sacrifices the rest. Players can't cast creature or planeswalker spells until the end of your next turn. Mm. Don't don't forget the flavor text. Go ahead. Not even a threat to the entire multiverse could persuade them to put aside their feud. They really don't like each other. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. I love it. I Who's, love it. Who started it? Uh, oh man, you. It's really funny if you go on Reddit or Twitter and you look at these threads. People. Get, are really into it over like whose fault it is people are like well nahiri nahiri it's all soren's fault like he shouldn't have been so mean to nahiri and locked her in the hellfall and people are like no but nahiri yeah she did that and like oh you're supporting like the genocide of an entire planet like well soren did it first like Ugh. it's incredible it's like it's so entertaining it's really funny what do you think of the card uh this these these effects that are um mm. what's it called they're not lopsided what's what's the word for not lopsided oh like asymmetric oh, i mean this, they, is, this symmetric, is symmetric right. but it's so yeah. but you have to find a way to make it asymmetric uh-huh. so that even though you both only keep one creature or planeswalker mm-hmm. not even one of each just mm-hmm. like one of either yeah <clears throat> any ideas on how you can do that I mean, oh, if you're a control deck and you have no no creatures or planeswalkers and you get rid of... Or you have, like, one planeswalker and they have a bunch of creatures and a planeswalker, then you, like, basically board wipe. Board wipe and then, like, Teferi tuck whatever's left. Right. Yeah, I, but, like, in that scenario, though, like, why wouldn't Kaya's Wrath be better? Yeah, it would. Yeah. Well, and I guess the question is if people are going to be playing a lot of planeswalkers in standard. Yeah. This is better if people start playing... A lot of the new planeswalkers, exactly. exactly. and you have multiple. That's Perfect. the only time. Yeah. Otherwise, just play Kai's Wrath because it's cheaper. And I assume you're in black. Right. So the the card that this kind of draws a little bit of comparison to is like Tragic Arrogance or Cataclysmic Gear Hulk. Um, mm. Arrogance is obviously by far like the best variant of this card we've had because you make all the choices. Yeah. It's like super not asymmetric. <laughs> like I'll keep my um my my crater hoof behemoth and you keep your thopter token. Okay, let's <laughs> let's go to combat now. Um and cataclysmic gear hulk, you know, it had a lot of a lot of different permanents and stuff. Um, but this is just one one thing on board, and then you can't cast them anything else for the next couple turns. So one thing that's interesting about this is if you cast it as a sorcery, then uh, your opponent gets to cast spells before you do. Yeah. But if you use New Tefiri and you flash this in on your opponent's turn... Or that land. Or the land, um, then you get to play stuff before your opponent does, which is cool. Um, now, the effect... What do you do? Well, it says until the end of 
your next turn. It always starts oh, on their turn. Never mind. That I thought it was until it. yeah, yeah, no. yeah. No, it doesn't work like that. Oh well. They always get to go first. Yeah. But which is always a downside. You can be untapped and ready to cast instants. Again. Right, right, and you can hold up counter magic or like removal right. spells, which you'll be allowed to cast again on their turn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a little weird. It just feels like uh, like you kind of hit the nail on the head when you were saying if people play a lot of Planeswalkers, then this gets a lot better. And other than that, it feels like Wraths are probably where you want to be. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It does go well with Carnage Siren, uh, but, <laughs> you know, Hydroid Crisis. Other than that, I'm a, I'm a little skeptical. Maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe in like a Bant deck that's running like Crisis and or Tyrant, then, then this is a little bit better. Yeah, but like, Kind of like the Tefiri's time uh, time wipe. Because you just want to tuck like you just want to get one of those like consume hasn't seen a lot of play, right? No way. Consume consign because that was like the thing people are like, oh, this is the Carnage Tyrant answer. No, no, I'm saying if you have a Carnage Tyrant or a Hydro Crisis, oh. then that's when you play this because then you keep that they keep their best thing, which is worse than your best thing, and then you get to win. Yeah, I don't know, but if you're playing a Carnage Tower deck or a Crisis deck, you'd rather just finality, make your thing. But bigger. maybe you're no, but maybe you're not in Golgari. You could be uh, in Bant, right? If you're in Bant, then you get to play this card. Okay. I, I'm just trying to think yeah, of where, yeah, sure, where sure. you might be able to play this. Um, so next we have Leyline Prowler. This is black green one for a two three Nightmare Beast with it has Death Touch and Life Link and tap add one man of any color uh, to mana pool. So. We need a new catch name for this, because this is our newest Vampire Nighthawk variant, right? Really? Three mana, three mana, two, three, Death Touch Lifelink, additional ability, right? We had Vampire Whitehawk, which was white, white, one, two, three, Flying Lifelink, and Vigilance, I think? And now we have Black Green one, two, three, Death Touch Lifelink, and Tap for Mana. Haven't both the previous, like, Nighthawks uh, had flying? Yeah. This one adds mana instead. Yeah, but that this is too different. I think it's not. Mm. All right, guys, you can, our viewers can vote. Our ear viewers can vote on is this similar enough to merit a vampire nighthawk related nickname, or is it not? It's not. It's. I mean, I, I hard disagree. Lifelink isn't in green, right? It's just in black. Uh, no, lifelink. Uh, yeah, lifelink is in black, not green. You're right. Yep. Because, yeah, I know. I was reading this, and I was like, okay, Death Touch, Black and Green can both do that. Lifelink. Yep. And I was like, oh, right. Okay, Black can do that. Yeah, and, and then, then mana the is, mana uh, is the green, is green only. Yeah. It's a nice nice blend of abilities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, green does have access to life gain. So, like, this blend of abilities feels nice on a black-green card, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think this card is really great for uh, limited. Oh, totally. Like, I'm super happy to play this card. This is just, like... A sizable Death Touch Lifelinker. And we, I mean, it's all the reasons Vampire Nighthawk was really good, aside from flying, is because it attacks well, it blocks well, and then now this one also adds mana and ramps you. So, like. <laughs> it ramps you, it gains life. What doesn't yeah. it do? Cards, this card is, I mean, uh, this card's really good. Really, yeah. really good. Really good. Yeah. And our final card of the evening is green, black, black one. Mm-hmm. Death Sprout. Instant. Yeah. yeah. Destroy target creature. Search your library for basic land, put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. I think they should have called this card Rampant Murder. Or Murderous Growth. Oh, I like Murderous Growth. So you get, growth. you get Rampant Growth and Murder. Because this is just yeah. Murder plus Rampant Growth. 
Yeah, because it's black, black one, like murder. Yeah. And then rampant growth is what? I think green it's one? green one, yeah. Um, and the this is instant, so that's cool. I think in limited, really good. Uh, as removal long as you spell. Can afford the double black. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like you got to be able to play that, but and it does also, like it gets you lands. It gets you basic lands, so it helps to you to fix your colors if you're right. splashing a third. <laughs> um, but you need to be in black green originally. Yeah. In standard, we have Rascal's Contempt. We have Bedevil. We have Cast Down. We have like so many good removal spells that I don't think Death Sprout sees play because I don't think it's important enough to go from four, four to, to six, oh, right? right. So, like, I, I'm a little scared. I don't think, I think it's just worse than most other things in Standard. Um, yeah. But in Limited, uh, I'm really happy with this. But we really need to see some fixing. Because we do have a lot of gold cards in this set so far. Uh, uh, and... Four to six gets you Vraska. Yeah, true. But, like, but no one needs to play if you're in or... Black Green, like, you're also probably playing Lenore Elves already anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know that you need the, the land. Um, I like it more for, like, its ability to fix your mana your colors in, right. uh, in limited I yeah think. i think in limited i mean also a four mana uh what's it called removal spell at instant speed it's great just, what's what's the word for a removal spell that's like unconditional unconditional yeah. removal spell totally that's good totally totally it's really good like we we were stoked with like uh what do we have deadly visit mm. was five mana yeah unconditional removal and scry yeah and you know, we have things that are, like, deal five damage or minus five, minus five, and they're, like, four or five, and we're like, this is great. Yeah. Limited, right? That's, like, <laughs> that's, that's what you get, but this is the uncommon removal, so it's yeah. pretty good. Cool. Well, uh, that takes us through all of our spoilers for, for today. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow with day four of spoiler season, so stay tuned. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors, uh, Flipside Gaming. You can find online at flipsidegaming.com. And New England Comics, you can find on Facebook at NEC Coolidge. I'm Ryan. I'm Katie. And this is Spoiler Spoiler Season. Season.